This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 41. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. All right, everybody, what's going on? This is Josh, your host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with the man from Japan, <laughs> Brandon Turner. I'm about as far from Japanese as I could be. <laughs> I am pasty white here and uh, very Swedish looking. Indeed, you are. Yeah, indeed, indeed, you are. So what did the going? fox say, Brandon? What does the fox say? If you guys don't know that reference, look it up on YouTube. It'll make and- you laugh. And and don't blame me for it, or or you can, <laughs> because you get really mad when you when you when you look at that YouTube reference. Yeah, and you wake up in the middle of the night singing the song in your head. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I have Josh to thank for that. Anyway, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know what? Uh, it was it was uh, pretty cool for uh, for those of you who don't know. Brandon and I went to an event uh, this past week in St. Louis. It was a financial blogger conference, and. Uh, Got to spend some good quality time together and and uh, hang out with with some uh, some fun financial folks. Yeah, and we say will that, have that five times fast fun financial <laughs> folks. Oh, we're, I was gonna say we're gonna have uh, photos of that in the show notes. So if you want to see me and Josh together, and you can see actually how much larger I am than Josh, it's <laughs> <laughs> including the one of me choking him out and and us in a fight. So yeah, come check it out. Biggerpockets.com/slash/show41. Yes, yes, yes. So no, it was good. It was great seeing you. We we got to overlook the uh, the uh, Cardinals beating the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah, that was uh, cool. Like literally overlooking it in a skyscraper, looking down into the stadium. Yeah, it was, was awesome. Sweet. It was yeah. pretty awesome. So cool. anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but things are good. Good to be back to work. Uh, yeah. Not that we weren't working, and uh, very excited to to uh, move forward and and. Uh, kick off another uh, another set of of shows after our 40th yeah awesome let's do it and yeah yeah one more, one more quick thing uh this week was is kind of cool uh we we passed a bit of a landmark here on bigger pockets um the uh uh this past tuesday the 22nd of october marked the ninth anniversary of biggerpockets.com <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, pretty, pretty big milestone. Very exciting to to get past nine years. And uh, you know, I I just want to make a personal thank you to everybody because you know, without all the folks who who come on the site and listen, there would be no community. There would be no bigger pockets. I would be nothing. I would be locked in a room, home alone, with no one to talk to. And I would be working in like a bank in like Seattle and miserable. So, thank you. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Guys. You're awesome. Anyway, no, seriously, but thank you. Uh, really do appreciate uh, you guys coming to the show and being a part of it. And uh, I wrote wrote a little piece and, and put it up on the site and, and we'll link to it from the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 41. So check it out. Cool. With that well, said, should let's we introduce the guest? Do that. Yeah, introduce do him. Who is he? Who's the guest? You do it. Okay, fine. Hey, I don't get to do it. This is exciting. Yeah. All come right. on, Brandon. Come on. You can do it. Do all it. Right. No, there's pressure. Yeah, all right. All right. There's pressure. I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do it. All right. Today's guest is Douglas Larson, Josh. Douglas Larson is a invest is an investor out of uh 
the Utah area, and he is fascinating. I just have to say that. So uh, I was excited to get him on the show today, and I'm sure Josh was excited as well to have him. So that is his intro because I want to get into the show because it is packed full of really good information. Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes. And there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high tech sensors that detect break ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day. 24-7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day. Plus, Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. If you're in the landlord game, then you know the importance of solid tenant screening. That's where RentReady steps in. Now, RentReady's got an important new feature, proof of income verification. And get this, with Plaid certified reports, you'll see everything from income summaries to total earnings by month. Say goodbye to those gut check moments and hello to confidence in renting with RentReady. RentReady is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. If you're not a pro, they're offering a six month plan for $1. You can't beat that. I actually don't even know how they make money doing that, but it's above my pay grade, pal. Visit rentready.com. That's R E N T R E D I.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, Investor, like me, to get six months of Rent Ready for $1, which is crazy. What's better than low money down? No money down. Now through Rent to Retirement, you can buy a brand new construction turnkey rental property for no money down. Wait, hold on. This can't be right. I need to double check with Zach, Rental Retirement CEO. Oh, hey, Rob. Zach, how the heck are you selling turnkey rental properties for $0 down? <laughs> it's not that complicated, Rob. Rent to Retirement has new construction properties up to $20,000 below retail prices. We also have investor loans with rates as low as 3.99% and down payment options as low as 5% or sometimes even zero money down. You get all the cash flow, appreciation, and equity for as little as zero money down. That's an infinite return. Oh, wait, wait. Let me get on this before we tell it to the whole Bigger Pockets audience. Just head to renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. That's REI to 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing with no money down today. Get your next new construction property at a steep discount or invest with no money down. Head to rentoretirement.com today. So without further ado, let's bring him on. All right, Douglas, welcome to the show, man. Good to have you. Hey, good to be here. I can't believe I'm in the presence of greatness. Ah, that means you're in the presence of me. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> not, <laughs> not Brandon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we, um, we, are, we are glad to have you today. No, we are. We are. And we're, we're just regular dudes. So no, no, no greatness here. <laughs> Hey, speak for yourself. Come on. Okay. All right. All right, man. So, so tell us about yourself. How did you get started uh, in the world of real estate? What's uh, what's your story? I would love to tell you all about me. 
Uh, <laughs> like long walks on the beach. Uh, yes. Puppies. So international weird. travel. Nice. Uh, no, hey, you guys started. I, I know you're not doing the quick tip, but you got to do it. <laughs> that wasn't bad, man. I, I'm working on it. That was uh, not bad. You, you got to do one for me. Let, let me do the quick tip. Uh, <laughs> all right. We'll do it all together right here. Are you ready? Mm, all right. Yep. Do we have a quick tip? One, two. I have the quick tip. Okay. Oh, oh, right, oh perfect. Okay. All right. Here we go. One, two, three. Quick, quick tip. tip. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Memories. Well, All right. What's the quick tip, Mr. Larson? Okay. It's an unashamed plug. But <laughs> I, I, I really think that uh, you guys need to somehow put a bigger button on the, you know, the forum's homepage that, that gets somebody to the resources page. I, I, 15 years ago when I started out, I would have killed for some of those resources. You know, the real estate forms, the tenant screening, hard money lenders, it's there and it's free and I, I i think most of your uh, readers probably don't even know where to find it because you have to do two or three clicks to get there but it's awesome uh that's, that's a cool. great quick tip well there is a link in the blue navigation bar at the top of the page uh i believe that says resources I, uh, correct me if i'm wrong i'm not actually looking at the site so i think it's something like that and uh there's there's a link to it in there so you can find it from any page but that is a good quick suggestion Regardless, <laughs> <laughs> quick suggestion. <laughs> All, All right. right, so more more about me. Yeah, yeah. what about you? You so fifteen years ago, you started real estate, and yeah. and what did that look like? Oh, well, probably like most people, you know, I either read a book or you know, a lot of people saw an infomercial, and I saw um, gosh, it was late night Carlton Sheets, uh, and he was selling his no money down for three easy payments of. Fifty nine ninety five, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, man, I can do that." This guy's making millions, so I, you know, I bought the course, and um, yeah, it was really good basic information. But the guy was talking about buying houses for thirty to forty thousand bucks, and I'm like, "Dude, that, I, I was in San Diego, and I'm thinking that won't buy a trailer, let alone the land." Yeah, so. Uh, you know, if you add a zero, some of his numbers and concepts would work, but uh, it was still, it was probably another two years before I actually put that stuff into action. But, um, you know, it was a, it was a good start. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. So you, so you got, you got this thing, you got, got some basics and, and two years later you said, Hey, you know what? Time to do it. Time to take action. And uh, how did, how did that go? What, what did you, what did you do? Did you flip a house? Did you buy some land, what on earth happened? All right. Well, I, I try never to flip, but I try to buy everything as if it were a flip um, because you, you got to have exit strategies. Uh, the first thing I bought was just a single family residence. It was in uh, Riverside County, which is a more affordable area near San Diego County. They, they touch the northern edge of uh, San Diego County. And uh, I, I paid about 128 for a single family home. It didn't need much. Uh, moved in, sold it about a year later for 155, 57, something like that. I remember coming away from closing with a $15,000 check after all fees and everything were paid. And I thought, you know what? That was, that was pretty good. I need to do this more seriously. I, I had a day job at the time. And so I just thought, you know, that's it. Well, shortly after that, I moved to Maui 
And oh, you've had it rough. Oh, poor Douglas. <laughs> I had to live in San Diego and then Maui. Don't be a hater. Oh, man, I feel really bad for you. <laughs> well, I, I now live in Utah, so in a uh, couple months when I'm up to my neck in snow, you can throw me some sympathy then. All right, that? all right, fair enough. All right. So, yeah, I, I moved to Maui and, you know, again, it was it was another jump up in price. And I was like, man, can I really do this real estate thing? But um, but I did. You know, they were giving out money uh, at pretty easy terms at those times. It was just hard to find what looked like a good deal. And you know how everybody says uh, you make money on the purchase. Right. But you know, it, everything was at market value. There, there were no great deals to be had that I could see. So. I bought a few things with some good terms, and uh, I did five different uh, uh, sort of long-term flips, I call them, you know, the rent it out for one to three years and then sell, that kind of thing. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, now were those properties that required work, or were they properties that, that you just acquired maybe right around market value, put people in, and then, you know, potentially made just a little bit of appreciation on um, some of each. So okay. one of them, uh, the, the second house that I bought on Maui, I found, um, in uh, the Maui bulletin, it's just, you know, the local paper there. Some guy was, uh, kind of a motivated seller, but he wasn't really bending on his price and he was willing to, uh, do a lease option. So I, I, uh, went and looked at the house and talked to him. Really nice guy. He wanted, uh, 10,000 down, and 400000 for the house and $3,500 a month. I thought about it, kind of dragged my feet. Uh, finally called him back, oh, maybe two weeks later and said, have you sold it yet? No, you haven't found the right people. So uh, I offered him 3000 a month, 5000 down, which I borrowed from a credit card and uh, <laughs> didn't really negotiate the contract price because I thought it was it was fair. And if he was willing to you know help me out on the other things, we could work it. Then um, it had an Ohana unit, which is a mother-in-law apartment. It was a really tiny little one bedroom. And uh, I moved into that and rented out the main house, which was a three, two. And it worked out really well. And I, I think it's Brandon. Is it you that always uh, advocates, you know, d buying a duplex and living yeah. in half? Yep. That's yeah. exactly what you did, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I couldn't really afford to do it any other way. And it, yep. it worked, you know, it's an expensive market and you have to make it work. And so, little creativity never hurt. Uh, about 14 months later, I uh, closed on the house, uh, got a loan and closed him out. And then I sold it about a month after that for 507 and a true net gain of about 65 grand. So yeah, it was good. And it was nearly a no money down deal. And I think a lot of your listeners are, you know, kind of, uh, you know, well, five, five, 5,000, right. Was what you put down from the credit card? 5,000. Yeah. What what uh so so let's talk about that a little bit more. So that's that's a lease option. Can can you you know for those people who've never done one, you know, kind of walk us walk us a little bit more slowly through uh, a lease option. I find a property, the seller, you know, he's he's slightly motivated, and you know, say the property, he's he's trying to sell that thing for a hundred grand just for easy numbers. You know, what what would this deal look like? So 100 grand, um, maybe that's right at market value. Maybe he hasn't found a buyer yet. Maybe it smells like wet lab. I don't know. <laughs> everybody, everybody loves the smell of wet Labrador first thing in the morning. <laughs> that's favorite. what my cologne is. 
that, that's why everybody was running away from you uh, this weekend in St. Louis, huh, Brandon? That, that is exactly. Uh, uh, that must yeah. be why. Now I understand. That sounds like another good story. <laughs> so anyway, so let's say there's issues that, or or maybe just you know, there's a lot of sellers out there that just want to thumb their noses at real estate agents and just say, I'm going to do it myself, no matter what it takes. Right. So whatever it is, you know, they're willing to do something. Maybe it's tax reasons, whatever. And so um, maybe they're willing to do a lease option. Maybe it's something that you suggest, or maybe it's something that they have heard about and they come up with. And so I guess what it would normally look like is uh you make a rent payment and usually it's about, you know, a standard rent payment. I don't know. Let's say um, uh, $700 a month, $800 a month on a $100,000 house. But let's say you both decide that you that you want to put um, not only a little bit down at the beginning, maybe five or $10,000 down to start this. And that's usually considered a um, non-refundable deposit. Okay. But then you also put a little bit every month toward the down payment. So eventually when you go to purchase it, 12 or 18 or 24 months down the line, you've got you know, a nice little chunk there. When I have structured lease options with people, um, you know, I might ask for $900 a month in rent, but I might say half of that or $500 goes toward the down payment. Because I'm telling you, people, when they start feeling like they have ownership in a property, they will take care of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they usually don't back out. So when they start seeing after, you know, 18 months that they've got several thousand dollars stacked up uh, toward the down payment, they're pretty motivated to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's great. A yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, very good strategy. All right. So so we've got this uh, this one Maui lease option deal. That, that sounds good. You said you did a, a couple of other uh, deals as well for others. Um, were those also lease option? Um, no, I think the other ones were straight purchases. One of them was really ugly. The guy sadly had been uh, kind of paranoid, schizophrenic. He stripped the walls to the studs. This was a condo, uh, a townhome uh, down in Kihei. And he took out all the wiring, the nice. electrical wiring, because he said that the government was listening to him. Uh... Weird. I had a tenant, the last eviction I did, that said the same thing. She didn't remove the wiring, but she said they were listening through the wiring. Yeah, but you know what? That's really not that weird. These guys are actually ahead of their time because the government <laughs> is listening to us. <laughs> just ask the folks in France right about now. Yeah, yeah, they were a couple of years ahead of their time, except we, we don't rip wires out of walls. So. <laughs> Indeed. So I had a lot of work to do on that one. But, um, you know, when you find something in uh, complete disarray, uh, it, it's a blank canvas. You can have a lot of fun with that. And very often... Um, you know, the, your competitors will shy away from something like that. So if you're not afraid of that, you can do it. Um, I, I think I only ended up making about twenty-five dollars or $30,000 on that deal, but I, I sold that one on a lease option, and uh, that worked out well for me and for the buyer. By the time I sold it, you know, he by the time he actually qualified and purchased it, it had gone up in value quite a bit. So it, it really was a win-win-win. So. You know, you know what's interesting. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you describe these these deals, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, real estate investors seem to remember every deal that they've done. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And almost, you know, every number and detail. And you know which ones you remember the most? The oh. ones you lost money on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. All right, cool. So, so you're off to a pretty good start, and it sounds like. 
you know, I think you had mentioned earlier to, to the lady who says I don't listen to my interviewees. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think you said earlier something about back in the day when uh, you were working a full-time job. It sounds like you, you at some point stopped that and went full-time. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So I had a full-time job. Um, I was a dental hygienist. So my father was a dentist. And uh, gosh, when I was young, I thought I was going to be a famous, wealthy artist. But it didn't take long to figure out why they call them starving artists. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, my my father had always complained about his um, underworked and overpaid dental hygienists, and I thought, you know, that sounds pretty good. I th- I think maybe I'll try that. So, went back to school for a little while, and uh, got a dental hygiene license in three states: um, Colorado, shout out, there you right? go, and, and, uh, California, and also Hawaii. Nice. And, uh, I worked in California a bit, worked in Hawaii, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good paying job. You know, if you have to have a job, it was a good job. Yeah, especially when those guys with halitosis walk in the door. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you're, you're, full, uh, you're full-time back in the day. Yep. You're doing your thing. How are you getting these deals on the side, right? So what, you know, what, was, it, what was it like to be a full-time dental hygienist? And, and and an investor on the side. Were you were you working during lunch? Were you working nights? Were you weekends? How how were you doing your deals and when? Yeah, nights and weekends. And uh, you know, it was this was before smartphones. We all we had was dumb phones. Yep, and yep. so you know, I hop on the internet sometimes on my lunch break. I had a computer at the offices where I worked, and you know, I was calling real estate agents and stuff on my lunch break or in between patients sometimes and. A uh, little bit of text messaging here and there. Hey, you know, you just fit it in. If it's what you want to do, you just squeeze it in. And then as far as renovating the properties, if they needed it, yeah, it was it was nights and weekends. Make it work. Did you do the work yourself? Um, I would say it's always been a split. You know, there's some things that other people can just do faster, better, and or cheaper. You know, things like carpet. I mean, have either of you ever laid your own carpet? I actually... I lay my own carpet. Not anymore as much, but I always <laughs> did. I'm a carpet guy. Yeah. Wow. I hate it. It's the worst job ever, but it, it's, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, most, yeah, most of the time you find guys who can just do it, you know, better and faster and, and cheaper with Correct. certain things. Um, you know, same with floor tile. You know, I've dabbled in that a little bit, but, you know, I'll do a backsplash in a kitchen because those guys want, you know, $12 a square foot. And I'm yeah. like, how come it's, four times the price to do the easy stuff that's up where I can reach instead of being on my knees with a bent back. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand it, but they'll do the floors for cheap, but it's the, it's the detail work that, you know, I end up doing myself. So See, I'm, I'm not good at the detail stuff. So I do the uh, grunt labor there. And, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll spend two days doing carpet in an apartment and then I could hire a guy for $300 or 250 bucks to do the whole thing. I, yeah. I always feel stupid after I'm done. I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> well, you should feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You are my favorite guest of all time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, Brandon. Sorry. That's all right. So, so how did you? I mean, after that, you're in Hawaii. Like, how did you get to the to full time? How were you able to quit your job eventually and and start doing this? Well, um, it was kind of a twofold thing. Um, I had done five deals in Hawaii, and then I uh, I, I was. I actually met a girl on a singles cruise. She was from Utah. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> what happens over the ocean? <laughs> um, 
So, uh, yeah, our first date was Jamaica, and uh, yeah, it was, it was Sounds awesome. like she had it rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, I decided that uh, it was it was about time for me to make a move somewhere else. I was ready to try something different, and um, so I uh, proposed to her and moved to the Salt Lake area of Utah. I had some family that was living in this area as well, and so it, it just made sense. Um, and uh, as soon as I made the move, I said, honey, you know, uh, I have somewhat enjoyed having a day job, but I think I'm ready to go full time now. You know, I, I had proved to myself mostly that I could make money in it on a consistent basis. And I said, if I throw myself into this, you know, um, 40 hours a week, then I, I know I can make this happen. And I'm sure she was thinking at the time, dude, I married a surf bum and he just wants a sugar mama. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's awesome don't we all <laughs> yeah but uh you know she's a numbers girl and so after the first deal and it only took about three months um it wasn't I, I wasn't intending to do a flip per se i just saw a sweet deal and thought i gotta buy this house this is great and and you know i gotta say moving from maui to utah it was like everything was on sale my wife was like <laughs> holding me back it's like twice the house for half the price and i'm like i gotta buy this and she's like what you can't buy everything. So yeah, the first yeah. one, I think we made like 40 grand and it was very minor renovations. Um, it, literally like $2,000 for a little paint and a little bit of cleaning, but it was, it was a newer home. And so she was like, okay, I can see this. This, this could buy a lot of shoes. <laughs> All right. So let, let, let me jump in. So she's, she's talking to you. She's saying, listen, hold your horses. You know, you're, you're, you're going a little, uh, you're going a little crazy here. You know, it's, it's, Houses are less expensive uh, than they were in Hawaii, and you get twice as much space. But that, of course, doesn't mean that you're getting a deal now, does it? <laughs> no, you got that right. Okay. So may- maybe talk talk a little bit about that, especially for the new folks who are who are listening in and thinking, well, you know, oh, here I go again. Oh, stop me. Stop me. Detroit. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> oh, man. I had to say it. Don't say the keyboard. All right. All right. Ready? I'm going to pick a new, like, I'm going to pick a new place to pick on. Don't Rochester, pick New York. Okay, good. All right. Or Buffalo. <laughs> there you go. No. So, like, you, you know, you go to Buffalo and you're, you're like, you know, you're Scrooge Mc, uh, McDuck over there. You know, you've got... Uh, <laughs> You you got you know ten twenty thousand bucks you can buy half the neighborhood so <laughs> so what you know but but that doesn't mean you're getting good deals right yep well as you know you guys are experienced in this and you've had a million guests on as well it's all about ARV or um, what you can get for the house uh, compared to its neighbors so you know you got to find out what people are really buying what they want and if yours is not a phenomenal deal when it stacks up to what is selling then nothing else matters so yeah i kind of had to rein it in a little bit i I would even go to the grocery store and i got the cart full of like frosted flakes and everything and i'm like it's only two bucks a box and (laughs) my lisa was like it's always two bucks a box (laughs) well you're used to paying like you know 10 bucks a gallon over in hawaii right yeah for gas yes for milk is like 20 bucks a gallon (laughs) It, it, I, I swear, every every box of cereal got like a first class seat to fly to Maui. <laughs> How can it be? <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so you know, it's it's all about value. The the other thing is that um, you know, to be honest, I uh, 
I bought a house in the Salt Lake area first up on the East Bench, you know, nicer neighborhood. And then after that, I, I, uh, I found Park City, Utah. It's a ski resort town. And it's almost exactly the flip side of Maui. So, um, you know, it's, it's all based around winter and snowboarding and all that kind of stuff. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a resort town and I understood it. Smaller houses, higher price tags. But here's, here's the key point. People pay good money for turnkey. And yeah. that's important. Gotcha. Yeah, Park City's awesome. I uh, I'm a huge fan of Park City. I I love it there. Um, but uh, okay, so so r- really quick, just for for those folks who are listening, this is show 41 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Uh, if you want to check out the show notes, go to biggerpockets.com/show41. I uh, just want a little reminder there. But uh, yeah, so that that makes a lot of sense. Park, uh, you, you know, Park City. Would seem to be very similar to uh, you know different resorty towns in in Hawaii. Um, what, in terms of finding deals, what what were you doing? Were you looking in Park City or were you looking back in Salt Lake? Um, once I did the Salt Lake one, somebody had told me about uh, Park City, and I should really check it out. And again, I was I was really new to Utah, and I thought, yeah, I'll I'll go check it out. And, uh, you know, I saw all the telltale signs of a good, healthy real estate market, things about to pop. This was 2004. And uh, I saw inventory dropping and the prices hadn't skyrocketed. But but all of the really cheap inventory and by cheap, I mean, under 300,000 had gone away. There just was none. And I thought, I've seen this before. I've seen this in California. I've seen this in Hawaii. And this is this is going to get good. So I started buying everything I could and made my wife even more nervous. But uh, (laughs) she was she was on board. And, uh, yeah, we had some some great um, deals there. And it was more of a strategy of, you know, buy and hold and we'll see how it goes. You know, they were giving out money for free in those days. And, uh, you know, it wasn't really free, but it it, it was really easy to get those loans. You remember them. Yeah. Yeah. and so, you know, I just bought as many as I could, mostly homes, a couple of townhomes, a couple of condos, some needed work, stick some renters in there. And then uh, after a year or two or three, it made sense to sell, maybe take some profits and move it to something else. And yeah, you know, I, I usually go in thinking that I can make $60,000 minimum on a property. If I don't, if, if I don't know that I can make $60,000 and I don't do it. And sometimes you get surprised to the upside. But sometimes you get surprised to the low side. We've all been there. But if you only make twenty-five or thirty, you know you're still okay. Yeah. All right. So, so this was '04, and two to three years later, yeah. uh, we're 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 pretty close to the uh, the collapse of the housing market. So, what happened for you? You know, the, did you get out before the market collapsed? Where were you at at that point in time? Ooh, doesn't sound good already. I good like it. Question. You you guys have done this before. What, what, pick people until they cry? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's Brandon's job. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. 2008 and nine were pretty painful. Um, we, we felt the sting like everybody else. Thankfully, we did not have to default or even have a 30 day late on a single property. But I'll tell you, it was, it was ugly. Uh, there were several properties that uh, to make them close, I had to bring money to the closing table. You know, maybe it was only three to five thousand dollars, but you know, when you went in thinking, "Man, I'm I'm going to make some money on this," and then you have to pay money to have it closed. Not to mention, you lost your down payment and everything else. Those, those are painful. Yeah. Uh, 
So you were you you had some significant upside down situations that you uh, got out from under during this time. In 2007, we had about five million dollars in real estate. It was 13 properties, and I could tell you about each one, but you don't have time. Yeah. <laughs> um, many of them were rented, and uh, yeah, we um, quickly, as quickly as possible, ushered our tenants out because we saw the writing on the wall, you know, kind of coming this way, California, Arizona, and we were like, uh oh, it's coming. So, uh, you know, uh, mortgages were just simply drying up. And so we tried to sell everything as quick as possible. A couple of them, we got left holding the hot potato, if, if you will. And, yep. um, yeah, those were, those were ugly, but thankfully we had enough money to, to ride through the ugly times. I did not buy a single house in 08 or 09, even though I tried, but they just, the deals just were not good enough and it was in free fall. Yeah. Well, so what would you say you learned during that time? Like, what could you tell other people, like from your experience? How can other people avoid the same thing? Well, I would say, you know, like anybody that was in my shoes, you know, you got to make sure you have three or four exit strategies. And so here, here's some tips that I'm sure you've seen similar, similar things on, uh, you know, the forums and stuff. You've probably written about similar things, but, you know, exit strategies like, okay, number one, can I, can I cash flow lease this or lease option it and make some money that way? Can I sell it traditionally? Do I, do I know that I can sell it? Um, and there's enough padding in there to make everybody happy. Um, can I uh, potentially sell it owner financed? Uh, maybe, uh, can I sell it in a, uh, or, or can I, uh, put it into a non-traditional rental situation, like a seasonal thing or an executive rental. Sometimes you have properties in the right area. You put furniture in them, including beds and dressers and everything. And, uh, you know, there's short-term people that want to rent sometimes. Or, you know, even can I move into it? That's an option as well. I know a guy who had, you know, uh, he, he lived in a modest home. He was a construction guy doing uh, spec homes, built a big, gorgeous mansion, and uh, couldn't sell it, couldn't sell it. So he sold his a modest home and moved into the mansion and hung out there for a while when things picked back up again recently he sold it and made his money nice yep gotcha 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 um <clears throat> so yeah that that's great and and those are all things that that uh that people want to think about before they get into any property right i mean those before those, they get in yeah yep, yep yeah so you know for those guys who are thinking hey i'm going to buy a house and flip it you know don't just think about what's your after repair so that you know you can sell it ask yourself all these other things too, right? Are these feasible alternatives? Um, and if not, you know, are there any? Because if you limit yourself to one option, then then the odds of bad things happening if uh, the world turns on you is, are, are much higher, right? Bingo. Yep, you got it. Yeah, right on. Hey, so you mentioned short-term executive rentals. Uh, have you ever done that before? Um. Not really, but uh, I did have a creative rental situation. I think I threw this up on the forums a while back. So I had a, a property I was holding in Park City, um, went into escrow in 2000, late six or no, maybe it was late seven. And uh, it fell out of escrow 45 days later. And it's winter time. And uh, this was more of the kind of home that a family buys, not really a, you know, a second home buyer. And I was like, uh-oh, it's going to be a long, cold, lonely winter. So I uh, started asking around and found out that a lot of the resorts, um, they need housing for their employees. Most of their employees at these resorts, they fly them in from places. 
So, uh, you know, I put in some beds and dressers and stuff, and I rented it out to uh, 10 employees from the Canyons Resort. And it actually cash flowed amazing. It was $4,000 a month in rent. And then in the spring, when they moved out, I was able to sell it and actually uh, do a little bit better than the first contract I had. That's great. That's creativity right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, really quick. Sorry, Brandon. Um, on that though, there are there are some laws, and I I'm not going to say I'm familiar with them because I'm not about boarding houses and rental houses that that kind of stuff. Uh, when you're stacking a whole lot of people in, aren't there? Uh, there are in Hawaii. I know for a fact that it's maximum of five unrelated people. Um, many neighborhoods will have that in different places, but to be honest, you know, in in many of the resort towns, they're kind of used to seeing that. College towns, the same thing. They're kind of used to seeing it. So. You know, as long as they're not partying, making noise and stuff, it it, it can usually work out. Um, I don't recommend breaking the law, but uh, you know, if you're um, sometimes it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. I'll just say that. <laughs> there you have <laughs> spoken right. uh, spoken from the uh, the words of of Douglas Lucky Larson. <laughs> Lucky's his middle name for for one reason, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so I, I'm wondering, we're going into the winter season here. And now, again, if people are listening to this podcast in the future, we might be in another season. But we are going into the winter here. So do you have any tips then on keeping tenants in the winter and finding them when, when the snow starts to fall? Uh, you know, it's the usual thing. Just just try everything. If there's something that works in the spring, um, then do that as well as five other things. If it means putting it out there on your Facebook page if it means talking it up among all your friends, um, if it means, uh, you know, uh, Craigslist, uh, you know, your local, I even say do your, your local newspaper. And, uh, sometimes there'll be bulletin boards at the grocery store near where your house is and, uh, make sure to put the search terms that people are looking for. So, you know, if it's near a certain, uh, very desirable school or a park, make sure that those search terms appear because a lot of people are searching for a couple very specific things and you want to make sure you've got everything in there. Even if you've got like six paragraphs describing your home, you know, do the, the, the important things up at the top and then do six more paragraphs and every possible search term. So it'll pull up. That's yeah. a fantastic tip. That's yeah. really, really, really good be, because, uh, you know, in, in the world of, of the web today, you know, th- that stuff's going to come up and it's not going to come up if, if you don't have it. Right. So if yep. you're in, in New York city and you know, you're, you're renting in the upper East side, you know, you're, you're going to want upper East side and you're going to want, you know, close to the park, you know, talk about central park and you're going to want, you know, any of those other landmarks that people might be searching for, because, if I'm going to go live in the Upper East Side, I don't want to be. I want to be close to the park, so I'm going to put park in there, right? So that's that's great. Hey, let me throw another little tip in there that I uh, got from um, uh, some other users on your forum. So you know, BP, as everybody knows, it's a great place to learn about stuff that you don't already know, and uh, you know, some things. It, it, sometimes it's something that you think, man, how could I have not known that? So uh, I guess there's a website called Postlets. P-O-S-T-L-E-Postlets.com, right? And, you know, you, you can create these nice little ads, and then you can throw it out from there onto Craigslist and about six other sites in, you know, a couple easy steps. And uh, it, it's a great way to go, and, and, and it organizes your photos uh, a lot better and uh, gives you a better look than just going on Craigslist and doing four stupid little photos. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we've been using that a lot lately, so that is a great tip. 
Whenever I used to travel, I would get that creeping feeling that I locked my back door. How do I know my property is going to be safe while I'm away? But not anymore, thanks to Simply Safe Home Security. I'm about to go on a three-week trip to Copenhagen, but am I tripping about my trip? Nope. With award-winning security and peace of mind from Simply Safe, I don't need to worry. Simply Safe is a super amazing alarm system that I actually installed in my house myself personally in less than 30 minutes, and there's so much peace of mind knowing that there's something in place to protect my homes, my goods, and my John Mayer shrine. Simply Safe systems have high-tech sensors that detect break-ins, fires, and floods, indoor and outdoor cameras to keep watch night and day, 24/7 professional monitoring at less than $1 a day, plus Simply Safe professional monitoring agents can even help stop crime in real time by speaking to intruders through the wireless indoor camera. Hey, hey, bud, get out of here. It's like that, but it's a lot better, I imagine. And if you buy the system and you don't love it, you can get a full refund with Simply Safe's 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off of any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/pockets. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're always looking for ways to improve, searching for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for better is by matching with quality candidates. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com/biggerpockets. Just go to indeed.com/biggerpockets right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. indeed.com/biggerpockets. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Listeners, I'm telling you right now, it's not every day you find a game changer like Rent Ready. They're not stopping with just tenant screening. They've rolled out proof of income verification. Let Rent Ready handle the heavy lifting with automatic checks on financial stability and earnings. Plus, with Plaid certified reports, you'll have all the info you need right at your fingertips. Rent Ready is included in your pro membership at Bigger Pockets. And if you're not a pro, they're offering the 6-month plan for just $1. How great of a deal is that? That's 1/8 of a Chipotle. That's pretty good. Visit rentready.com. That's r e n t r e d i.com and use the code BP Investor. That's BP like Bigger Pockets Investor to get 6 months of Rent Ready for $1. Uh, so uh, let's move into the modern realm here. I guess we talked about your past. We talked about the market crash. After all that happened, you're going to start buying again, I'm assuming. So what has changed? What's your business look like now then? Well, so in about 2010, uh, you know, I figured a way to retool and start buying stuff. I made a whole bunch of offers on short sales, but none of those panned out. I must have made 75 offers on short sales, and I know a lot of people have had success with those, but Um, only about three of those actually came down to the wire, and uh, then suddenly, second mortgage. You know, they wanted some. You know, another ten thousand dollars outside of escrow. Not only is that illegal, but it made me mad. I'm like, wait a minute, I negotiated a price, and that's what I want to pay. And so, anyway, none of the short sales worked out for me. Um, but I started buying some bank-owned properties, 
uh, some through auctions and some um, just, you know, uh, off the MLS, almost all are MLS or real estate agent recommendations or auctions for me in the last three, four years. Yeah. Okay. So uh, auctions, are you talking about like, you know, online auction things like auction.com or where you actually go and, you know, hold up a number? Like, what are you talking about? Both. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have not done the courthouse steps. Well, successfully, I've been to the courthouse steps, but there's, uh, you know, you talk to those guys and, uh, you know, they'll tell you, you gotta know, you gotta, you gotta have access to, um, you know, title and records and you gotta have it fast. And, uh, I just didn't have that. So I didn't feel comfortable doing those, you know, in some areas when you're spending $20,000 for a house, that's fine. But, you know, here, you know, it goes to auction on the courthouse steps and you got to pony up cash to 250 grand. It's like, I got to know a little bit more than what I know. Yeah. So. All right. So, so you said you, you, you did do some of the online auctions. Yep. What, uh, what was that like? You know, um, online and also the ones where they come around in tuxedos and they sing the songs. Have you guys been to some of those events? I have not. No. Oh, those are great, man. I, I won't name company names, but you know, they wear the tuxedos and they're, you know, dancing around and the auctioneer talks a million miles an hour and, um, yeah, or the online ones. But, um, what's, What's interesting about the online ones, I've, I've learned this now, is that you're not just bidding against other uh, potential buyers. You're actually bidding against the house. Um, and I found that out uh, on the, the very last deal that I just did. I thought, you know, uh, so I'm on my iPad and I'm watching these houses and I'm like, you know, this could be a really good deal at, at 200K. I put it on offer of 200K and I said, I'm not going over that. I watched for the next two hours as the bids went up incrementally to about 234. And I thought, wow, that's just too rich for my blood. Oh, well. Um, I, I checked my uh, email inbox on uh, my little laptop that's next to me. And it says, you're the high bidder. And I'm like, what the? And uh, sure enough. Um, Are they I, phantom bidding to get people to, to overbid each other? Absolutely. What scandal? Yeah. Oh goodness gracious! Well, don't name don't name names, but or maybe do name. I I don't know that that that's crazy if that's really happening. No, but here's the thing. Here's the thing is I, I how many times have you watched some of those online things and you think why is this property coming back on again and again two weeks later three weeks later? It's uh, it, I'm sure it's because of that phantom bidding going on. But I did not have confirmation of that until I called the unnamed auction company to see about selling a different property of mine that needed a, a, a cash buy. And uh, so I asked him, I said, how can we make sure that you know we, we get our target price? We can set anything we want as the, um, uh, the reserve price. Um, we don't, I know we don't have to disclose that, but how, how do you help us you know, get to that price? And he said, well, so here's some things that we can do. We can, we can enter bids on your behalf. That's how they call it. Wow. And if you authorize us, we can enter bids on your behalf. Not much different than what a bank does on the courthouse steps, making sure that they get their minimum amount. So it, I'm, I'm sure they've found a way to do it legally, but I bet most people don't know that they're bidding against a phantom. Yeah, wow. that's interesting. Uh, very revealing. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's like it's like those on, online poker rooms from back in the day where you're playing against you know the computer and only the computer. Yep. 
Well, I did get that house and I closed on that house and uh, I just put it into a lease option and it's going to be another good one. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm happy I bid, but just word to the wise, um, bid what you're going to bid and then, you know, step back. Even if it says on there, reserve not met, you know, if, if that's what your max bid is, don't feel bad about it. You know, then step away and then maybe they'll just call you back in about two minutes. after the. <laughs> well, yeah, we were kidding uh, on the other ones. You're the winner. Oh, wow. wow. That's funny. So how are you funding these things then? Do you use your own money, private, hard money, banks? Uh, since, since 2009, 10, it's been all my money. Okay. Um, I, I take that back. I've done two hard money deals, um, and they were smaller, but I was tapped out. And so, you know, borrowed $50,000 hard money against a different unrelated property, you know, bought the thing and, and, uh, then, you know, paid it off within six or eight weeks, something like that. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, what about, uh, I guess, Let's move on a little bit to a couple more things. I want to make sure we get time to cover uh, before we're sure. done today. And one of those is uh, you mentioned in an email to me, we talked about you work with your spouse. Uh, can you kind of, I guess, share some thoughts on that and how that all works? <laughs> well, so I mentioned it first. I, you know, she, I'm sure she was thinking that I was just using her as a sugar mama, um, <laughs> trying to, uh, build my business as it were. And, uh, you know, I'd love to say that it was my masterful powers of persuasion that got, her <laughs> but it was really, you know, uh, getting a couple deals done, and then she could see, hey, there's there's a lot of potential in this. Um, you know, once once uh, she saw how um, how the numbers work out and everything, and once she started watching HGTV, <laughs> <laughs> then she was fully on board. I, you know, I think. Uh, she she absolutely loves being immersed in the projects along with me. She uh, designs, you know, some of the, you know, uh, floor plans, you know, when we want to blow out a wall or make a master bigger or something like that. Um, she decorates. She does the, the staging when we're done. Uh, she uh, she loves the process. I, you know, I see a lot of posters on the forums and they're like, how can I get my spouse on board? And I'm like, dude, get her to watch HGTV. She'll be <laughs> and make some money on a deal or two. Yeah. And buy, some, buy her some shoes. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I never thought about it in that way before, but that is an incredibly good tip for getting your spouse on board. Is buy some you, shoes. No, no. Yeah, watch <laughs> HGTV. I mean, I think that's probably how I got my wife on board originally was watching like flip that house and, uh, yeah. and uh, design to sell and all those. Yeah. They, the different shows that were on back then, they're kind of, Fewer of them nowadays, but you know we need a bigger pockets TV show. That's what we need, Josh. That's what you need. Yes, we do. We do. We'll have to we call do. the well, HGTV folks up and tell them what's well, up. Well, well, I'm sure if somebody's listening that's got some influence. Maybe <laughs> they'll uh, they'll decide that we can get some of these uh, these guys uh, on board and do something fun. Yeah, yeah. We need like flipping wars or something. You know, fighting amongst each other. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. Well, how about that Will Bernard guy? You've had him on here before. That guy's yeah. an animal. And I tell you what, that <laughs> he posted, uh, you know, pictures that that little YouTube video of his house that he renoed, and that's beautiful. That could be a TV show right there. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, really, you can you can take any any of the stuff that that you and these other guys are doing, and you know the work, but uh, y you know they these shows want drama. They like they like the drama, you know. So so they like to take. 
the uh, the reality of what it is, which is kind of like, hey, oh, here we go again, more nails and hammers, and they they <laughs> turn it to like contractor shooting nails at other contractors. <laughs> <laughs> and, and every time it's like, um, oh, I didn't realize it was going to cost that much. <laughs> every yep. single time, oh no, what are we going to do with the head and the hands and the yep. oh, honey, can we afford it? It's like. You know, we're not going to fall for that every single time. So think yeah. of something else. But well, 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 well so the, I mean, that back to your tip, the, you know, that was a good tip on, on, you know, getting your spouse to, to watch TV. Um, you know, wh- what about just kind of separating, right? Uh, separating your, your work life versus your, your home life, because, you know, once, once you start to get that deep integration, I mean, they're, they're. Things the lines get fuzzy, right? So, do you have any uh, any advice for folks on, you know, just kind of keeping keeping a a, a happy? Uh, that of course is assuming you guys are happy enough. Of course, <laughs> I hope you're happy, but you know, a happy go lucky uh, relationship while while surviving a, a uh, working in business together. Well, my wife will tell you that she just loves to be involved in the in many of the decision making processes. And you know, there's there's sometimes where, like, say, on that one auction property I was just telling you about about earlier this year, you know, I didn't really consult her on that, and uh, you know, she was a little bit hurt. I, you know, she didn't get to see it or plan for it or anything. And you know, I've taken her to some ugly houses, and she likes to be involved. You know, and she's she's stepping over dog crap and cockroaches, and she's like, I see potential here <laughs> if we just bump out this wall. So you know, it's 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 being involved. And, uh, you know, when they're when they're not involved and they just feel like this is something you're doing, you know, often by yourself, maybe it doesn't work. As far as the separation, um, you know, I, I, every couple has to figure out what that looks like. You know, it's, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll watch some of those shows together and talk about some things that we liked or didn't like or where trends are going. Um, I, I think our business life spills over into our personal life quite a bit, actually, yeah. for good or for bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about you guys, but like every conversation my wife and I seem to have anymore, we don't have kids. And so like every conversation revolves around our business and we have to like fight against that, like to, <laughs> to stop talking about our renter that we're tired of or whatever drama happened. Well, I mean, we'll do it full time all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know what, what I, what I started doing and really only recently is, you know, consciously set a time you know, every day that is not, you know, it's family time. There's yeah. no work. It's not work time. It's not discuss the crap of the day. It's, it's time to just, you know, thaw. And, and, and so, you know, I make it a practice not to really get into work, work stuff. And, and I think that works, you know, from five, say five to seven every day, we, we're not talking work period. And, and maybe that's a, yeah, a, I, that, that's a good quick tip. That is a good quick I, tip. I think that's a great suggestion. Um, I uh, uh, decided to do a couple of flips in San Diego in 2011, and so um, I talked my wife into it. You know, I just I miss the beach, and that's where I'm from. So I convinced her to go down there. We took the family, we took the two boys, and you know, when you're living in the renovation project, it's really hard. Oh to yeah, keep that separation. So literally, just like you said, Josh, almost every day I'd have to say, okay. We're going to the beach. We're going to start a fire in the fire ring. We're going to roast some marshmallows. Daddy's going to take a couple waves. The kids are going to play on the swings, and then we'll come back home. And my wife would be like, she was like slave driver. Honey, we still got to do these windows. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we gotta we we gotta take care of the fam. We should and, we should have a bigger pockets like a surfathon somewhere. That would be fun. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. 
Hawaii, Larson's paying for it. <laughs> oh, Will Bernard's paying for it. <laughs> no, does that guy? Does that guy actually work? He's got like ten thousand posts. He and he's doing these big flips, and I'm like, how on earth? He's got to be doing the four hour work week, week, and then with with the other uh, thirty six hours, he's like on bigger pockets. I think yeah. so. He is, he is an active guy. So it's just a fan. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with all that posting, guys. Yeah, yeah come on. Really, if you're it. listening and haven't posted yet, you're missing out. And that is true, by the way. I'm that sure true. Doug- Douglas can attest to that. True. Uh, all right. So. Uh, Want to want to switch to something here really quick because Brandon had had mentioned something to me and and uh, I I want to hear it from the horse's mouth here. There's a there's a rumor that that back in the day you you spent some time in a uh, guru sales center and uh, you know we won't we won't mention names but but let's let's hear a little bit about uh, what what this whole thing was about. Okay. Uh, confessions. <laughs> Father, forgive me. I have sinned. No, um, like, like many investors, you know, I had a bleak outlook for my income prospects during that 08 and 09, you know, banking collapse and property values were just sinking. You know, we had enough money saved up during the boom years that, you know, we weren't facing homelessness or bankruptcy. It's just, you know, I didn't want to take a job at Home Depot or go back to scraping teeth and giving shots. So I, I thought, you know, um, there's got to be something else I can do to use my skills. I got some skills, yo. So uh, in <laughs> late 2009, I, I heard a radio ad for a, a mentoring, a real estate mentoring company looking for inside salespeople. And I thought, you know, that's got to be a perfect fit. You know, I've been a successful investor for 10 years. Uh, you know, uh, five of those had been as a full timer at that point, uh, three different states. And I thought, you know what? I, I can do this. You know, I'm a landlord, you know. I'll, I'll pay the bills with this for a little while and, uh, yeah, um, protect my investment capital until the free fall is over and then I can start investing again. Well, you know, in hindsight, the, the first red flag was when, uh, you know, they, they, they told me in their, you know, interview process that real estate investors, quote, don't usually make good salespeople. And I was like, hmm, that sounds interesting. <laughs> Uh, then uh, the second red flag, they said, um, you know, we want you all to sign this this big, lengthy, five-page non-disclosure. So, again, I can't remember – I can't mention the names of the mentoring company or the gurus, but I will just say that everyone has heard of these big names. But, you know, they say that it's because they're protecting their proprietary sales techniques, but uh, there was some scary stuff. So as a part of the two-week training, you know, there was an emphasis on um, – uh, you know, the, their sales was not really cost benefit. You know, you're not saying here's the features and then here's why it's so much better than anything else. It was more about talking to people, finding their fear and their failures and their pain vulnerabilities, and then and then poking at those until they <laughs> finally agree to buy your stupid overpriced crap. That's pretty much what it's about. Wow. How do you really feel, Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, you don't, it, you don't like you don't like you know poking people while they're down. I mean, you, you're not a fan of taking the lady who just lost her husband and 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 really shaming her to buy your overpriced course. Come on, you know, 
the, the last straw, and I'd only been on the sales floor for a couple of days. So training for like two weeks and sales floor for a couple of days. And I was just like, this is just wrong, you know, and they're, they're calling people names on the phone and stuff. And, um, <laughs> wow. there's like, you know, it's, it's a room full of like 50 salespeople, just a total boiler room. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I felt, it sounds, it sounds like boiler room, the movie. Yeah. And, and then there's like, um, there's, you, you go to the mentor room and there's two people taking, you know, phone calls and that's it. 50 salespeople and two mentor. I, you know, that's all. Anyway. So there's there was a, a lady right behind me, and she was always one of the ones getting the awards, you know, in the in the weekly morning sales meeting, and you know that kind of stuff. And um, she talked some old guy, and you could tell because she had to speak really loud to this guy. <laughs> she talked him into maxing out two credit cards for over twelve thousand dollars, and it was the right thing to do because he could leave a legacy for his grandkids. And you know, and they always say failure is not an option with our company behind you but it just it, it literally made me feel sick wow. wow and that that is the that is the the i mean that's my biggest beef with the with the guru crowd is is encouraging people to max out credit cards for education and yep. with the the hope that you're making an investment i mean it's a lie that you're making an investment in yourself and sure it's worked for a, f- a few people out there but yeah i mean it it's just stupid yep. and scary to me Who's that note guy you had on a while back? I like his Dave business. Dave Van Horn. Yeah, he, he bought like his first eight or ten houses with credit cards. I mean, that's yeah. a good use of credit card. Yeah. 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 If you can be smart with it, it's not yeah, there's a lot of debate on bigger pockets about that, but I'm I generally fall on the line of you can be smart with them, it's probably okay. And yeah. I'm I'm on the line of be careful. I'm I'm older than, <laughs> than Brandon here and, and, and uh What was that, Josh? Yeah. You want to say that again? A little louder. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> Well, you know, if and if sad, there's, if there's any, I'm older than you. If there's anything <laughs> I learned from, you know, being a part of that, you know, uh, boiler room, it's that, you know, there are a lot of people who get excited about real estate. They want to be a part of it. And, you know, maybe they do need a little bit of hand holding and they're not a- afraid to pay for it. And, and the thing is, is if they got good, uh, you know, a good personalized action plan out of it. I could totally see it and I could support it. But the sad thing is that after they max out their cards, almost always, you know, they're told that they're going to go to this great boot camp or something else and they're going to get all this personalized instruction and all they get is another sales pitch and they can be into it twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars yeah. and and really have no practical knowledge. And that's and that's my issue and and. Um, for, for those folks listening, uh, the, uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday, um, was the ninth anniversary of the founding of bigger pockets and come on, Brandon sing. Yeah. Yeah. Love the enthusiasm. Anyway. So I, I actually wrote a post and we'll link to it, uh, about, uh, kind of the, the origins of BP a little bit. And, um, yeah, that was, that was really that was the big thing for me that that was a turnoff about that whole aspect of of investing. You know, I I, I think you know I'm not one who's going to spend nine hundred ninety seven dollars on a course. I'd rather go get a college class at an accredited university, or I'd rather you know at least at that time. You know, today I'd rather find a local expert, a local mentor who's 
who's doing it. You know, some, if I'm in Salt Lake, I'm going to go try and link up with Doug or if I'm in, you know, Aberdeen, yeah. uh, I'm going to link <laughs> up with Brandon, you know? So, so there's no reason to, to pay any anyway. So, you know, that was really such a big turnoff for me seeing how, how people were just, it was one sales pitch to the next. And I said that, you know, that's crazy. You know, we, we need an alternative. And, uh, that's why, you know, that's why I created bigger pockets. I just, I didn't want to trust the information I was getting, uh, elsewhere because everybody was tied into these guys. And, and, you know, anytime there was info, I was like, Oh, is this legit? Or is this kind of like a, they're going to sell me on something five seconds later. If I listen to this, I don't know what to do. So anyway, I don't honestly know how much the, the gurus really know about these boiler rooms. So, you know, I, I can't hundred percent fault them. I'm sure the checks roll their way, no doubt about it, but, but I don't know if they really know what's going on inside there. Sure. sure. Uh, but I will say that, you know, the, the stuff that I saw just in that one call center was not okay at all. Yeah. I will say that, that um, even, even with bigger pockets, bigger pockets is awesome. You got great people, but you know, I would seriously pay money to, you know, go with, uh, say that note investor guy, uh, Dave was his name. Yeah, Dave yeah. Van Horn. Or, uh, you know, you had on a while back, your, uh, Aaron, the Riverside wholesaler. Yeah. Who never even leaves his desk, you know, <laughs> And Anson, you know, it's that virtual kind of wholesale. I, I see their business model and I'm like, dude, that is clean. That yeah. sounds easy. It may not be as easy, but, you know, I, I would pay some money if, if I needed to, to actually sit in the chair next to them for a day or two and like really see what it's like. But that's not what was being sold to these people. And I think that's what they thought they were getting. Well, and I think that's very different. I, you know, I, I don't know that any of them, any of the gurus are selling that, you know, that's, yeah. that's something that you're only going to get from, you know, and, and honestly, I bet you if you called up Anson or, or Aaron or, or Dave and said, Hey, I'm in town, you know, would it be cool if I sat down with you? I bet you they'd let you. You know, and they would say, are you, are you kidding me? I'm not going to charge you a dime. You know, I, I, I think these are, you know, I think people, it's a different mentality, right? Somebody who goes to, to, to become the guru, you know, their job is not to teach. Their job is to sell uh, versus, you know, the, the guys who are kicking butt and are really just trying to help people out. They'll help you out. They're happy to do it. I know plenty of investors who gladly will mentor and help folks for for nothing um and and they'll do it because they want to see other people be successful like they've become and if Give nothing else back. just yeah and they're giving back and if nothing else like just being on the bigger pockets forums i mean uh i think the podcast we did with aaron has like well over a hundred comments now people interacting in that in that thread and then on the forums he's posting continually all the time i mean all these guys are and so uh yeah i mean that's the point is it's community building each other up and i think that's where the value is and and a little plug for bp you know that that's that is what our forums are i mean our forums are a group of thousands and thousands and thousands of mentors helping one another i mean that's that's pretty damn cool i think yeah very cool yeah um, yeah I, I threw something out on your happy birthday nine uh you know nine years thing you know, if if most of the people in America, if all the people in America knew about, you know, your site, the gurus would be out of business because yeah. it is it's almost the total complete package that you need to start doing this stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. no, that's yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, why don't we uh, why don't we move on to our uh, second to the last section of the show, and we have our cool little Fiverr intro right here. It's time for the fire round. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that sounded great. <laughs> all right, all right. So, fire round today. Uh, these questions all come from the Bigger Pockets forums. And they are questions that people ask, and we're going to fire them quickly at you, Douglas. So starting, number one, what is the average timeline for flipping a property? Average timeline. Well, you know, I'm a little bit different than most. I buy everything um, hoping that I can find a, you know, a good one to three year hold strategy. Um, now, wink, wink. Um, I'm not a flipper. Uh, I am an investor. I'm not a dealer. So um Every once in a while, maybe a couple times a year, I find a rental property that just doesn't work out. So uh, we try to move it. Um, and mine are taking, you know, two to three months on the renovation part. And uh, if I have to sell it, not that I want to, but if I have to, you know, if it's not selling in one month, you know, you've got an acceptable offer, you know, you're probably priced too high or there's something else wrong. You know, I, I like what you just said. I'm not an investor. I'm a dealer. And I actually think that's kind Fair of a- He's well, not an I, investor. Yeah. I'm not a dealer. You're an investor. Right, right, right. Um, sorry. Apparently, I don't listen to the lady who says <laughs> I. Um, anyway, the you know I, I I think it's an interesting classification because you know we we uh, we have a a lot of discussion about what is an investor and and a lot of the purists will say well an investor is somebody who buys and holds right and everything else you're kind of working a job. And I, th- I think dealers are good, kind of a good classification potentially to explain. Yeah, the wholesalers and the flippers. I mean, because that really is somewhat of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right on. All right. Fire round question number two. Your contractor wants in on the deal. Would you do it? Uh, of course, it depends on the deal. I think you guys have said many, many times, you know, um, a percentage of something is better than a percentage of nothing. So, or all of nothing. Yep. Um, so, you know, it would depend. And it totally depends on the contractor. In fact, um, you guys usually in your fire round ask about, uh, you know, contractors and how do you find good ones. And there was that, you know, you guys remember the the Home Depot tip you guys tell yep. a lot. Yep. Yep. It depends on where you are. You know, there's, uh, you know, people you can talk to um, in all different parts of the country and they've got their own, you know, special way to find people. We've got a website here called KSL.com. Uh, in California, I used Craigslist and asked for references. In Maui, it was all about word of mouth because – there's a lot of people who can talk story, bro, but not everybody gets. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm I'm pretty much the general, and then I uh, I uh, farm out, you know, a lot of subcontractor work to other people, you know, plumbing and electrical and flooring and stuff like that. So, so somebody in Hawaii should like build a platform in the middle of a, a great surf beach and like you know have a sign up like, hey, I'm the surfing contractor and. I can get the job done, brah. <laughs> there it is. There hey, it is. Uh, another another uh, little quick tip about contractors. Yeah. Um, just came to me. You know, if, if I'm on a deadline and my subs, you know, uh, are leaving for lunch, I just say, hey, I ordered pizza. Stay. I, I can't tell you how many times my subs have left and they, they're gone for two hours or, or they're gone for the rest of the day because they, they got another opportunity to give a bid. And I'm just like, what? 
So if I'm on a deadline, I will order pizza. I'll bring back some hamburgers from Carl's Jr. And I'll, I'll keep them on the job so that they get it done. That is a really, really, really good tip. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, people people definitely like free and and uh, particularly I I've I've actually offered food to contractors uh, who have been working on stuff before and uh, that keep keeps them local, which is which is nice. Means the job gets done faster. Yeah. Oh well, you you can buy them some Red Bulls and it'll go, get done even faster. <laughs> <laughs> with versus, a few crooked lines, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Versus the guy in uh, in the post this week, and and I think Brandon will link to it in the show notes. There was a some somebody posted a a photo of a contractor who was oh, yeah. painting their house. They fell asleep. They fell asleep on the ladder. <laughs> that. that was awesome. How do you do that? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, no, number three of the fire round. When is the best month to buy property in? Is there one? Oh, tough call. I, I do a lot of uh, land as well. So I bought, you know, a couple dozen pieces of vacant land. I love buying those in the uh, late fall and winter because it's on extra sale. And then uh, <laughs> like to pop those back on the market in the spring. Um, uh, maybe after holding them for a year or two, but that's worked out well for me. Uh, I, probably the same can be said for, uh, you know, buying, you know, a, an extensive rehab. I'm not one of those guys that buys the, the really cheap ones with thin margins. You know, again, I, I like to go in thinking I can make 60, 70,000. So if I can buy it in November, that's almost ideal, you know, working it, you know, manage the job and then pop it back on the market in uh, March and you're golden. Yeah. That's cool. all right. If there's an old cast iron drain in a property, would you replace? Well, if there are old cast iron drains in a property, would you replace them all to modernize, even if they didn't leak yet? Wow, that's a tough one. You know, to be honest, I try to stay away from anything older than the '70s. It just as a general rule, I say that, and uh, I have a house from 1966. I'm just starting a renovation on now, <laughs> so. Uh, Ask me that next time around and uh, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was just, uh, we were just in St. Louis for a conference and I was visiting my brother who lives in a 150 year old house. Whoa. And I walked in and, you know, it's got a lot of charm and it's, it's really cool. But man, oh man, I, I just like, I see the plaster. I see just the old, I see everything and I'm like, wow, this is, this is not for me, you know. Give me, give me two thousand or sooner. I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a mid fifties house now, but you know, I, I can't deal with the old stuff. You I, know, love I want. The, I love the older stuff. Like yeah. almost everything I have is 1920s or or earlier. Yeah, yes. I think my own. Yeah. But it can nickel and dime. Well, that's yes. it. Yes, that's it the can. problem. That's yep. the problem for sure. All right. Well, what is your favorite color door for a flip? Ooh. You know, I like a burgundy red door. It just says, "Look at me." Nice, nice. nice. I, I, I have to plug mine in real quick. I've been I switched recently from burgundy to like a plum, like purple color, and I love it. Uh, it it's kind of weird, but I, I, it looks amazing. So. so if you go around and find a ho- a bunch yeah, of houses, purple and plum houses. purple doors, yeah, that, those <laughs> are his. Those are mine. They're like a dark purple, so it's like I don't know, I don't know what you call it. Anyway, all right, nice. last question, Josh. Last question: Where do you buy most of your materials? Yeah, Home Depot and Lowe's. Okay. okay. Right me on. Too. Me too. Right on. Cool. All right. Uh, final section of the show today and my favorite section of the show, which is the famous. Famous four. <laughs> and Where were you on that one, Douglas? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Slow to party. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, what is your favorite real estate book? Oh, Yeah. 
I was ready for this one. Uh, so I'm going to say Robert Kiyosaki, but not the usual one. Um, I did read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But you know what I really liked was uh, success stories. Oh, yeah. um, you know, some of it's uh, just, you know, regular business entrepreneurial stuff. But a lot of them are real estate stories. And they're creative and they're cool. And I just really like that one, success stories. I listened to it on CD. Nice. I, I agree. I really like that, too. I read the whole thing once in a Barnes & Noble. I just went in and I sat down and read the whole book there. So. <laughs> Wait, there's nice. a quick tip for people. Yeah, if you want to freeload some books, just go sit in the Barnes and Noble and read all day. Nice, nice. All right, so what's your uh, what's your favorite business book? Oh, uh, hard to nail it down to just one. I'll give you three: uh, Millionaire Next Door, um, Seven Habits. You know that's old school, but great for getting your mindset on the things that matter the most and uh, getting rid of the clutter. Um, Freakonomics, loved Freakonomics. That yeah. was a good one. Yeah, nobody said that one yet on the show. So, Economics, yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, we will link to all those again in the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 41. And uh, final two questions. Josh, you want to take the next? Well, I, you know, I, I was half, I, I truthfully, I was actually half half listening because I, I, <laughs> I, I remember hearing from, from uh, a website, the, the, that guy, John T. Reed, who likes to talk about the gurus. And I was right. like, let me, let me look up that phrase, the, the failure, not an option thing. And uh, he's got a page of the BS checklist. <laughs> and on the BS checklist, number 47 is use of the sentence, failure is not an option. <laughs> then he goes on and talks about uh, customers of gurus are scared that they're about to waste their money, blah, blah, blah. And uh, anyway, so yeah, that was, that was uh, interesting. I, I, I remembered seeing that somewhere before. Anyway, all right. Yep. Crazy, crazy. All right. Uh, third, well, second to last question here is uh, hobbies. I, I I certainly gather that you're a, you're a hang ten kind of guy. You're a surfing dude. Uh, what what else do you do for fun? Well, you know, I bought a couple snowboards when I moved here. Traded in the surfboards um, and uh, love to ride the mountain. It's good stuff. Nice. So, uh, Colorado, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, baby. I, 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 I would know even more with, with less kids, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. All right. Yeah, uh, you know, spending time with the family, travel, you know, a little bit of everything. It's all good. Right on. Perfect. Awesome. All right. Don't, final, don't final. take your kids on a, on a really long vacation. I will say that. Uh, I took my family last year to um, England. Great, great you know, scenery stuff to see, but man, by the end of it, three weeks, I was like, you remember seeing, uh, what was that? Uh, uh the shiny red rum. <laughs> I like, and I was, I was starting to lose it. <laughs> Funny. Nice. He's right. back. <laughs> All right. Final, final question of the day. I think, what do you believe sets apart the successful investors, Douglas, from those who give up and quit or never get started in the first place? Uh, you know, a lot of your uh, interviewees in the past have mentioned, you know, drive and determination. And those things are absolutely crucial. But I think Anson, a couple shows ago, Anson, he, he nailed yeah. it. Uh, throughout most of his thing, he was talking about, you know, he had a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience that he learned the hard way doing grunt work for agents and stuff. But it was when he and his dad put together an action plan. And it, that's really hard when you're a beginner, truly a beginner, because you take action on what you know sometimes you need a little coaching from bigger pockets or you know from another source but you know if, if you can put together an action plan and then follow it consistently dude you're there and that the action plan has to include your 
skill sets, your abilities, your relationships, you know, what you bring to the table. And then you have to understand your weaknesses too. You know, if you cannot swing a hammer, you know, then it's probably, and, and you don't even know anybody who does, you know, uh, fix and flips are probably not your thing right now. You know, go to some Home Depot clinics and learn it maybe, but you know, you got to know your strengths and weaknesses, put together an action plan and make it happen. Yes. Great. Nice. Yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, I'll, I'll add one. I, I never really jump in on this one, but, uh, you know, b- because of the ninth birthday, I, uh, for BP, I, I did this post and I sent, sent emails out to folks and, and what somebody responded to me and they said, you know, I've seen you over these nine years. And the one thing that you really demonstrate is, is perseverance. And, you know, I thought about, it, I was like, you know, yeah, that's, that's probably the best word to describe it. And, and the reason I bring it up is I think if you look at investors over the long term, I mean, you know, you're a pretty good example, Douglas, uh, you, you know, the, the market beat you up a little bit, you know, you got whacked down when the market was, was hurting everybody and, and you came back and you persevered and got back in the game and you're doing well. And, and, uh, you know, there's going to be ups and downs as, as you, as you do this. And, and if, if you are incapable of, of persevering and fighting through the, the, the challenges, then, then this may not be the right industry for you. Yeah. Agreed. I'm deep sometimes. Deep. <laughs> All right. Well, let's close this thing up. Uh, Douglas, where can people find more about you at? Um, luckylarson.com and certainly on bigger pockets. You can at me anytime and we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Awesome. All right, I got to ask you a question. What, where, where did Lucky come from? You know, it was a high school name. I had a math teacher called me Lucky once, and it, it kind of stuck. And I pull it out every now and then. Uh, you may notice sometimes, uh, you know, when I throw something out there on bigger pockets, I'll put "Make your own luck." Uh, it's so easy for people to say, "Oh, uh, good luck," and you know, it's not like luck just falls from the sky. You know, what, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, "Takes twenty years to become an overnight success." Yeah. It's about the perseverance. It's about, you know, shaking the trees. And when you're sh- out there shaking the trees all the time with, with a plan, you know, stuff falls down. That's yeah. how it works. Yeah. You, you make luck. Awesome. 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 Well, listen, Douglas, we really, really appreciate you being on the show. I want to thank you a lot for, for joining us and, and of course, uh, for uh, participating on, on Bigger Pockets. We'll be sure to link to your profile and some of the other stuff on the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash uh, 41. So thanks a lot for being with us. Hey, my pleasure. You guys are great. All right, guys, that was our show with Douglas Larson. Man, there was a lot of good information in there. Uh, definitely worth a listen and maybe a, a second listen if you missed anything. Yeah. Uh, as, as always, if you, uh, if you have any questions for Douglas, Lucky Larson, make sure to uh, post them to the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash show 41. Uh, or you could just hit him up on biggerpockets.com uh, and uh, look him up and you'll find him. But uh, otherwise, yeah, listen, that was great. And uh, uh, hopefully you guys are deeply engaging in the community. Uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of cool. We, we have been... We've been watching the analytics on bigger pockets over the the past months and years, and and what what's kind of cool to see is we're, we're we're watching people get more involved, spending more time, getting deeper into it, and and you know I I can't really quantify it, but I I feel like we're getting a lot more happy members responding with emails and messages of of joy after after uh, you know learning something new and and things like that. Uh, w- w- would you say that's that's fairly yeah. accurate? 
Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think I think the community is being strengthened, and there's more and more good information all the time on there. So, yeah, if you're not part of that, do it. Yeah, don't just read. Make sure to respond, answer, get involved, and uh, be a part of it, no matter how how beginner or or sophisticated you are. Yep. So, uh, yeah, definitely check us out there. Also, make sure you're following us on on social. You know, check us out on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, G plus LinkedIn. We we share stuff and and get into discussions on those platforms that we don't get into on the site itself uh, on occasion. So definitely do that. And of course, those are great places to keep up with any kind of news that we've got to share. Otherwise, again, thanks uh, for listening. Jump on iTunes and share some uh, feedback, ratings, and reviews of the site of the show if you have a chance. And we actually added a cool new photo to the top of our uh, podcast page at biggerpockets.com/podcast. Uh, I think it's uh, it's kind of fancy, Brandon and I together. So check that out. But uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. This is Show Forty One. I'm Josh Dorkin signing off, and I think we're gonna let Brandon close the show today. Oh. This is awesome. All right. This is. Oh, I was just kidding. This is Josh Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. I was hoping you'd do that. <laughs> I thought that would be funny. We have like the same sense of humor exactly. Like. <laughs> There's a reason small multifamily investing is so popular in the bigger pockets community. With just a 3.5% down payment, you can own up to four different units. Think about it. If you house hack and live in one of the units, you still have three different groups of tenants helping you pay down your mortgage every month, four kitchens and bathrooms you could renovate to increase your property value, four different Airbnbs, medium-term rentals, or other rental strategies that you can try in one property, all in just one transaction. Of course, the question is, where do you find a small multifamily property that you can actually afford? Which market and which deals are best for you? Once you close, how do you manage it, optimize it, keep scaling, and living your life without being tied down to four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? All great questions, my friends. All to be answered in the upcoming small multifamily boot camp with Chris Lopez and Leka Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four, F-O-U-R. Today, and join us in the small multifamily boot camp. See you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.